tonight we're going to be talking about <clears throat> what submission looks like. We have several passages, uh, James 4 and verse 7, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That first principle, submit to God. And what else? Everything else lines itself out. Everything else will fall into place as needed in His time. Not necessarily within our own time. And we actually sing a song every now and then in His time. But in submitting to God... We must resist the devil and he will flee from you because when we're submitting to God, when we're turning to God, there's nothing the devil can do about it. He can't stop you. We've studied in our Sunday morning Bible class about how nobody can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Nobody except for yourself. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, verse 13 through 15, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Submission goes far beyond just to God. I mean, that's ultimately who we have to submit to. But we also have principle, and we're also going to read uh, Romans 13 as well. Submit yourselves to the, for the Lord's sake to every human institution. So, government. Right? We can't live a lawless life as we studied this morning about the creation of law and order. Whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. For such is the will of God, that by doing right, what is the right thing to do? To submit. Now that doesn't necessarily require us to become doormats, right? A lot of times people tend to view Christians as that very type of thing. That we're nothing more than doormats that can just be ran over and stepped on, crushed. Some of those descriptions are descriptions of what took place with Jesus, though. He was crushed because of our iniquities. What a blessing that we have that He took on the sins of the world so that when we come to Him and we humbly submit ourselves, our lives, to His will, we can receive forgiveness. We can still have the hope of heaven for all eternity. Romans 13, verse 1 through 3. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers 
are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have fear, have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. Now remember that example I utilized this morning in the, the lesson regarding just every time you see that stop sign, you're just blowing right through it. And I mean everyone, it doesn't have to be a stop sign. It could be a stop sign, it could be a red light. You're just going to go through it and you don't care who sees you unless or except when there's a ruler involved, when there's a law enforcement officer sitting right there at the corner. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good, for good behavior. You know, sometimes, you ever felt that way when you're just driving along the interstate and, and we know Arkansas State Police, they have a... Uh, tradition about themselves. They have kind of a reputation, if you will. If you blink wrong, they're going to pull you over, right? But that's because they typically are going by the letter of the law. When I used to work with them, there was a sergeant who, he would pull you, if you were in the 65 and you went 66, he was going to pull you over. And, And more than likely, you were going to at least get a warning. Now, some of that has to do with some other things, some paperwork, statistics, and all that. And I'll let you kind of guess the rest of that. But you ever been driving along the interstate and all of a sudden you see behind you a law enforcement officer and you're wondering, oh no, what have I done? And you start to kind of panic, right? You just kind of think amongst yourself, well, did I... Change lanes wrong? Did I not use my blinker? Was I speeding? You start looking down. Am I going too slow? You can get pulled over for going too slow. Impeding traffic, the flow of traffic. So you, all those, random, those thoughts just start rumbling through your head because you fear. But look at this. Paul's saying for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior. If you're doing what's right, guess what? You don't have to sweat a thing. If you're doing what's right. Even living under an opposing, crushing government such as the Roman Empire. If you did what was right, guess what? Ultimately, in the eyes of God, there's nothing to fear. I have another passage that comes to mind. I hope I quote it right. It's over in, I believe it's going to be 2 Timothy 1. Second Timothy 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. Submission takes discipline in order to submit. Especially when you're being forced to submit to something that maybe you don't necessarily agree with. Think about that for just a moment. But every person is to be subject to the governing authorities. Every person. That's you. That's the person across the room. That's the person beside you. That's me. That's everybody. Now, obviously, we have the principle, I believe it's in Acts 5, where we we ought to obey God rather than man. So we can't submit to 
godless law. But that is about the only principle that gets us out of that lump. So the principles so far that we have checked off or kind of thought thought about or need to think about is this, that our submission, our willingness to submit should not be based upon our agreement with whether or not we agree with the American government or wherever we live. If we're over in the Philippines or if, we over, if we're over in Japan, our willingness to submit is because of, of God's will and His expectations for us. If we follow law only because we agree with that law or just because it's convenient for the time, that's not submission to the law. That's actually just selfishness. That's what that is. And so because of that, our intent was never really to begin with to be law-abiding, but it was to do what, was, what would benefit us most in those moments of time. So the point that I'm making is, is that God does, that's not what God approves of. That's not appropriate behavior for the child of God. If we will... Go back to Ephesians 5. Now, I have the whole context listed. Uh, I do not wish to read the whole context. We'll start at verse 28. Ephesians 5 and 28. So husbands ought ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And this mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. And nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So, true submission, the question that we have before us, what does it look like? True submission is seen not just when law or the expressed design is agreeable or that it's convenient for the time, but true submission is when things take place in which we don't agree and that we find that we do find inconvenient. But submission to God is not about us finding the commands that we like and agree with. And that's what a lot of the religious world today tend to look at. They tend to try to find passages that either that they do agree with or another response is, well, the Bible doesn't say that you can't do it. Well, it doesn't have to. Think about the example of you sending your child, let's just say to Walmart, and you say, I want you to go buy me Tide laundry detergent. You don't have to tell them, do not go buy a bicycle. Do not go buy a video game. Do not go buy candy. 
You don't have to list all of those things of do nots. You gave them the proper authority to purchase what? Tide laundry detergent or whatever it is that you want to come up as the example in your mind. What true submission is, it's about doing what God says because He loves us. And because He loves us, we should and ought to love Him. And ultimately, we recognize His ultimate and absolute authority over us. We're not supposed to fear those who can kill the body. We better be fearful of the one who can kill the body and destroy the soul. And a lot of us, unfortunately, we get to a point in our lives where we don't fear God. I believe it's over in <clears throat> excuse me, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, let me get this reference real quick. Verse 31, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Why is that? Because we're not truly submitting to God as we should. And so I want us to think about this for just a moment. Because a lot of times we, we tend to, when I say we, I'm using it kind of in general. People in general want to have God explain Himself. But God does not have to explain or rationalize Himself in order to satisfy our own curiosity. Well, why do we have to sing a cappella? Okay, well, the commandments that we see throughout the New Testament is to sing, singing. We have the, I believe it's over in Hebrews 13 and around verse 15, He mentions the fruit of our lips. So, uh, singing and making melody in your hearts. Okay, the, the heart being the actual heart of man, the, the feeling, the emotion, not an actual harp or anything like that. We have no, uh, nothing that appoints or proves instrumental I- instruments. But that's what some people want to do. Here's the reality, James 1.22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. What happens is, is that we are not being doers of God's Word. And we live in a self-delusion. And when we live in a self-delusion, that's where sin begins to fester. It begins to grow. And it becomes a problem. Submission, ultimately, though, it's voluntary. It's not, you know, sometimes we'll come to Ephesians 5 and and we'll really tack down, you know, the woman down to the man, right? And a lot of times, and I've actually experienced this with some who they actually believe and teach the idea that all women submit to all men. So that would be, you know, someone's wife submitting to a different man who's not her husband. And that's just going too far. That's not what Ephesians 5 has anything to do with. In fact, as you read near the end of it, it has to do with Christ and the church. Christ gave Himself up for the church. Look at this in Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus. So this is an acceptable, agreeable, rational attitude who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied him 
self. That was voluntary. He willingly and chose to do this. This was not forced upon the man. He willingly did it. Taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Remember, we read James 4 and verse 10 this morning. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you. And that's exactly what God the Father did to Jesus Christ. He put His name above all names. He exalted Him. He resurrected Him. Why? Because He submitted to God voluntarily. If you go back a few verses in that same chapter, Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. You can't submit to God. You can't submit to one another if you're always putting yourself in the forefront. A passage that we didn't read, but we will in just a moment. Well, I'll go ahead and just read it in Ephesians 5 and verse 21. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So, if, if the submission is being forced upon us, then that's not submission. But if we freely give ourselves over for the service of others, whether that be your neighbors, your family, your friends, your children, your spouses, whoever that is, that is being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. And we can only do this if we do it voluntarily and we do it out of love. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. Sometimes we read the passages and we read them as demandments. I don't know if you've ever heard. I've kind of, I heard that term before from someone and I just thought that that was too good to pass up. But we read the Bible as demandments sometimes. And that's... Ooh, that's, that's kind of where we get to that pharisaical type of mentality and attitude. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Look at this. For they keep watch over your souls. Now, who are they submitting to? Not only are they submitting to God, but they are submitting to you, watching over your souls. They're caring for you. They are loving you. Keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for, that, for this would be unprofitable for you. And it's funny how I utilize the word demandment and then I put it right here. Christianity necessitates, requires submission. It demands submission one another, to our spouses, to each other, and ultimately to God. And when we choose to submit our lives to Christ, when we surrender all, we sing that song every now and then, I surrender all. When we do that, we are choosing God 
And we are choosing others over ourselves. And if we ever place ourselves in front of anybody else, especially God, we are not submitting. Let me read this final little minor paragraph, and then the lesson will be yours. We may do what God says when we like it, but we'll find ways to circumvent the Lord's teachings when we don't like them. And we see that in religion. Instead of singing a cappella, there's instrumental music. Instead of partaking of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, they just do it whenever they so choose. That's just a few to start, a couple. But are we true disciples if we live this way? Are we true disciples if we fail to put others before ourselves? The answer is no. And so when we fail in that endeavor and we do not strive to make ourselves right, we do not strive to submit ourselves willingly and voluntarily to God and to others. We're standing, we're, we're, getting in the, we're getting in our own way of trying to go to heaven. That's what I'm trying to say. We are getting out of, we're getting in our own way. We've got to get out of our way and let Jesus hold the door open for us. That's what we need to do. And so with that, the lesson is yours. If you're here this evening and you need to put Christ on in baptism, you need to have your sins washed away, forgiven and remembered no more. There's no better night than tonight. There's no better day than today. Maybe you've already done that, but you find that in your life you have not been as submissive as you should. I'm sure some of us thought that maybe that this would be a lesson about marriage and submitting to one another as far as just spouses. The Bible speak of, speaks of submission in far more ways than just between husband and wife. And so if you find yourself not submitting to God as you should, then we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. We want to support you in your endeavor to make heaven your home. If you're subject to our public invitation, won't you come? While together we stand and while we sing the invitation song.